All right, welcome back to another thrilling episode of Inside Flicks. Uh, for those who are not too familiar with Inside Flicks, well, this is a podcast that revolves around the realm of pop culture. Uh, we dive into the world of cinema and TV. Uh, this this is hosted by three cinephiles, uh, three movie bros, uh, real brothers. My name is Mike, and like always, I'm here with Richard and Raymond. And we get together on a weekly basis to kind of delve into the the movie uh, topics of the of the week, and also we share our thoughts on what we have been enjoying recently or or watch recently, either on on movies. Uh, Raymond likes to go to the movie theaters, so uh, but he hasn't gone. I mean, when's the, when's the last time you went to the theaters? What was the last movie you saw in theaters? Um, it has to have been either. Thanksgiving or yeah, a long time. Napoleon, Napoleon, right? Yeah, and also it's been pretty bad. I mean, there's not really new movies coming out in in, in theaters. So some of the kind of uh, exciting things have been ha- happening on th- streaming. That's why we also bring up streaming well, stuff and television. There, there, there's a couple movies in theaters that um, are supposed to be really good that I want to see. I just you know haven't gone around to seeing them. Mm-hmm. And the way you know movies play now. Um, it's like you have to, you have to see them that first week, or they kind of disappear forever. Uh, and, and that one, I'm referring to poor things. <laughs> <laughs> it's and also very similar to streaming, where if it doesn't live past that first week, it kind of dies and it, be, it gets lost in the shuffle, really. And I, maybe that's just the, the that's how it is nowadays, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I would th- I would think Raymond would have saw Godzilla minus one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I would have seen that by now too, but I mean, <laughs> I, you know, my problem was that I always wanted to see it in the, uh, in the Chinese theater in LA. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think if I do have to, if I do see it now, I'm probably just going to end up seeing it in the theater by my house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it recently came out the last week with minus one minus color, which is the black and white ver- version. And, you know, I guess it did okay enough. Well, let's just jump into box office uh, a report, a box office report from Richard. Uh, Richard, tell us what uh, what was the top five, and if there was any new releases. Uh, tell us what where that came or where that ranked in in the in the chart. This past weekend, January twenty sixth to twenty eighth of twenty twenty four, it was really pathetic. <laughs> with number one movie in America being Mean Girls with six point nine million. Number two was The Beekeeper with 6.6 6 million. Coming number three was Wonka with 5.6 million. Number four is Migration with 4.8 million. And round out the top five is Anyone But You with 4.6 million. So basically the same uh, rankings of last last week. Yeah. With, with much lower reported, numbers. Much lower I numbers. think it was even reported earlier in the week that The Beekeeper came in number one. But no, it turned out to be Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. Well, I I actually, you know, I think these numbers are, you know, pretty all right for a January weekend that had no new releases pretty much. Um and yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, these are really good numbers for the beekeeper, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's And, it's... and same for Mean Girls because again, it's a movie was like supposed to like be thrown on streaming, no one cared about this movie and the fact that it it has made some money, it's like, you know, I th- I think it's I think it's decent. Yeah, and as of this recording, the beekeeper is now on VOD. So, that, oh, know. that's right, that's right. Yeah, so, and also uh, Wonka is Wonka coming out pretty soon. I'm not sure, but I'm it's, surprised it's already, already 
it's already, I mean, it's already a monster hit for Warner Brothers. Another one, I mean, getting close to 200 um, million uh, domestically. I mean, that's, that's, that's and also huge. it's doing f- uh, fantastic in the internationally. Yeah. And so it's maybe that's kind of the progression of these m- new movie releases that it maybe has these soft openings, but eventually they'll make they, up they some territory. On. Yeah. They'll, they'll hang on and make some money. And eventually you go like, oh, that movie made that much money. Kind of like what yeah. uh, Anything But You did. Uh, yeah. That was a sleeper hit. I mean, the, these are, these are, you know, you wouldn't think that there would make yeah, that much. Anyone but, anyone but You, that totally like looks, I've never seen the movie, but it looks like a movie that, you know, would just be dumped on Netflix. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it, it's doing pretty okay. Maybe that's, maybe... I don't know, maybe Timothy Chalamet and, and Sydney Sweeney are kind of the new faces now. And, or, or, you know, we might not see that or we might not even feel that. But for a certain age group, maybe those are the, the their stars. There's the, you know, the movie stars that they, they well, want to see. Well, let's just see uh, Madam Web because Sydney Sweeney <laughs> is now and also. Yeah, but it's funny because she said it though in the movie. Well, it's, no, but, but here she is the co-star of that movie. Yeah. Dakota uh, Johnson is yeah. the star of that movie, but yet everyone thinks it might be her her movie more, right? I mean, because she has a bigger name at this point, you know. Where Dakota Johnson, who was a big star, you know, what six years ago with the Fifty Shades films. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's too old. Maybe I mean not too old, and you know I mean they're all babies to me. But I'm she's saying irrelevant. Yeah, irrelevant. I mean that. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. But I mean, maybe the you know as as the younger generation is going to the movie theaters, maybe they want to see their own movie stars, and maybe those well, represent mean, the, 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 Zendaya the and uh, Timothy Chalamet. Well, I mean the youth the youth loves um, Euphoria. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, so that's that's why they love uh, those actors. I mean. Timothy Chalamet, I think, I think he's just you know he, he he won the critics a long time ago with all you know the great acting he's done in you know in minor roles, and he eventually just kind of won. Um, I don't know how he won the youth over. I guess it's like with Instagram and shit, right? I and guess because yeah, his personal life, he's dating whoever he's dating. Uh, uh, those are yeah. probably bigger no, and topics. I, and and I, I really think this is this that's it because like I'm not I'm not trying to be like a hater because I, I I've been a fan of the guy's acting for for a while. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't really know how he kind of reached that kind of mainstream appeal. <laughs> it has to be because of social media, right? Has to be. Yeah, I think uh, you know his, his or or Dune was maybe Dune that popular because it came maybe. out during the pandemic. <laughs> it, it was hard to kind of dissect the popularity for it. Well, I mean, they recently reported that Dune Part Two went on. The tickets went on sale, and it crashed AMC's. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, the a yeah. website and app. well, I should say I, I I haven't really been going to the movies, but I already got my ticket for Dune. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Um, well, I will like to hear your review on Dune when it comes out. But yeah, I think uh, there is some kind of a buzz growing for that movie, which is the probably the first big blockbuster to come out this year. But yet, that's going to be in March, and so we're gonna have to sit through Madam Web and and uh, <laughs> some other ones, you know, Argyle, whatever. Yeah, I'm going to see Argyle. Yeah, Argyle starts this weekend. So, um, what do you think? Uh, a hit or no? No, the theaters are empty. Yeah, mm, that's too bad. Because this is not a Guy Ritchie film, but it's a, a Matthew Bond film, who was Guy Ritchie's producer back in the day. Mm-hmm. 
No, I think I think it's going to bomb. Unfortunately, what's your thoughts on Henry Cavill's appeal? Because he has been promoted as one of the leads of that film. He, he, though, it, if you watch the trailer, it makes it seem like he just has a small cameo. I don't know how big his you, part is in the movie, though. You know, it's hard to tell because I mean, he obviously has like you know a certain fan base because of his role as Superman. Mm-hmm. But you know, those movies, you know, clearly were never as successful as you know they should have been. Mm-hmm. But I think he's also kind of developed another fan base or maybe not another fan maybe it's the same fan base but i think he, i think he's developed another fan base from the witcher right mm, yeah. so we haven't really seen we haven't tested that yet i mean we've seen him in mission impossible but we can't you know get, we can't say that movie was a success because of him right so i mean it, it's hard to it's hard to tell i mean our, i guess it's you can't even argyle bombs i don't even think we can blame that on henry cavill cuz he's not the lead of the movie yeah. he's just like a supporting character mm mm-hmm. Um, and I think his next movie, he's also a supporting character, right? That, that, isn't it also a Guy Ritchie movie? Yeah. Uh, no, it's the, yeah, this one's a Matthew Vaughn. This Guy Ritchie. Oh, Matthew Vaughn. Yeah. yeah the, 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 the other kind of, uh, over-stylized filmmaker. <laughs> well, yeah. I like both of them, by the way, but. Argyle is coming out in February or coming out this week. And, uh, the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, which is the Guy Ritchie. Just got the trailer. Just, we just saw the trailer. That is definitely a Henry Cavill vehicle, and it's a World War II action film. Because yeah. it yes. feels like an ensemble to me. Well, I guess he is it the is main ensemble, but he's I think the he lead. has probably a bigger part in this movie than than compared to Argyle. He's the leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Argyle, it seems it seems like a it's um it's like a a romancing the stone kind of thing, or even like a. Uh, Sandra Bullock and Brad Pitt's movie uh, from last year. Or yeah, two years yeah, ago. yeah. Cool? And it seems like he's going to be like City. kind of like the Brad Pitt character almost. Mm-hmm. Sim- similar to that, yeah. it, it has that feel to it or something like that. So, but this uh, Guy Ritchie film just looks like a you know Inglorious Bastards kind of thing. Yeah, British a British version of Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, it's a war, yeah. World War Two. They're fighting Nazis. You know, it's loosely based on true events, but yeah. Unfortunately, I think both movies are going to bomb. I don't think that's Henry Cavill's fault, though. Mm. Interesting. Well, we'll see. I just think the movie. I just think the movies are. I uh, feel like not necessarily like bad movies. I just think that it's not the type of movie audiences want to see in theaters right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I hated this series. I know you, you guys too, but we got stuff like you know on t- on streaming like Hunters and stuff. So I think you know, we. People would just rather kind of watch something like that on streaming or like wait for it to stream. I don't think it's going to be a hit. Mm. We'll see. It's well, it's interesting because we're me and Rich are watching the Masters in the Air. The Masters of the Air, yeah. Which is also a WW two, but that's a drama. I mean, it's more of a drama, more historical uh, drama, and it's from the producers of Band of Brothers, so it has that, uh, Mm. uh, you know, prestigious, you know thing about it and but it has a lot of good actors it has um elvis guy <laughs> i can't remember austin his butler. name austin butler uh barry keoghan uh and the other dude um it's it's okay and i think it's like like what you're saying uh raymond i don't know if we're fed up with ww2 stuff or maybe that stuff is not as appealing as it once was like you know couple years ago you know well you know what man like when we when we were getting band of brothers and like that was like when we we had just gone saving private ryan right and like seeing war movies like that like we had never really seen war movies on that scale 
Like my favorite war movie of all time is probably still Platoon. But yeah. like the realism that we got in something like um, Saving Private Ryan is completely different. And, you know, people really love that. I mean, it, it, um, just like all the you know awards that movie, uh, nominations that movie got mm -hmm. shows how, how, you know, how much people loved it. But I think people just are kind of tired of that because the Bandit Brothers was kind of, I think, you know, an extension of that. You kind of, you got that on on tv the the miniseries version in a way mm -hmm. but we also got so many other war movies since that were also kind of very kind of realistic and covered world war ii and um yeah i think by this point now after after 1917 i think people are kind of just like yeah i'm i'm done with war movies which right? what, what was your feelings with masters of the air it didn't feel like it was a continuation with those, those two uh, uh band of brothers and pacific uh the pacific it didn't seem like 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 the you know the third chapter because starting off right away uh uh all those uh previous um series always started off with a narration mm, and true, comes yeah. into the uh uh into the show these start off with the show and then they go to narration and they do the uh, intro again uh, uh it's that's off for um you know from right from the beginning mm -hmm. and also in the other ones they focus on uh um not only the main characters, but the, you know, the, the offset, you know, and, and like a different um, location, you know, a different, different, you know, some different storylines. Mm -hmm. This one is just one main storyline. That's just, yeah. Uh, those. Yeah. So, and plus, um, uh, like the first episode, I've seen a lot of those things that, the, that, 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 that was a, on Memphis Bell, which is another uh, great uh, war pick mm -hmm. from the, from was the late 80s or 90s. Yeah. 90s. Yeah. Uh, which is, that movie is fantastic. <laughs> Which movie? Memphis Bell. Oh, I've never seen that one. Yeah, it's not on 4K. <laughs> so uh, Masters of the Air is a, pretty much of a disappointment so far. We only saw the first two episodes. It's not a disappointment. It's just a letdown. I mean, it's so I mean, it could rise up to right. a, a better potential, but so far I haven't seen it. I mean, yeah. Uh, and I, again, I don't know for uh, if. World War II is being played out too much. You know, it's a, is that still a kind of, I don't know, is it too much sugary? No, no. It's, it's, we, it's funny because we just also watched, uh, me and Rich also watched the, the George Clooney film. Mm -hmm. Oh, what was that Boys called? The Boat. Boys in the Boat. The Boys in the Boat, which is also in the background of World War II or at least pre-World War II where uh, it's the Olympics in Germany and we're, uh, Hitler did is hosting. Movie, did that movie end up getting any uh, awards nominations? Oh hell no, 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 no. <laughs> the well, it was a hopeful. They, they, that, that was, that was what they wanted. Right. It came out in December in theaters. Now it's available on VOD, and it, it is so sugary and, uh, you know, melodramatic. It's you know George Clooney should stop directing. Well, <laughs> you know, did, <laughs> did you see the Angelina Jolie movie? What was it, Unbroken? I oh. believe it was called. No, I haven't seen that yet. I mean. Uh, I, I always wanted to play that it. got that got pretty mixed reviews but i always thought it was pretty good um a little cliched but i thought uh, maybe not cliche but some of the filmmaking i guess and some of the directing choices were a little you know could have been better but overall i thought overall i thought it was a good movie and i don't know i'm curious how this george clooney movie compares to it and i would say i've never really been a huge fan of george, Clo george clooney as a director yeah i know he's always been a hit and miss guy and mo mostly just misses nowadays and George Clooney with this, the boys in the boat, 
is so he's so much trying to go back to a 1940s style of Hollywood filmmaking that it yeah, becomes he's with that. oh yeah it, this movie is such a I don't know disappointment it's 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 a good story it's about the kind of the the Olympic row, rowing team uh, in um, I don't know what school it was but I think it was Washington Washington yeah and it's a kind of a decent story about how these um, you know. Because it's during the Depression era, uh, how the these men, these young men uh, from poor beginnings and, and humble uh, households, you know, th- their drive is to 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 become winners just by the mere by by just guts alone. You know, it's a it's an interesting story. Just that the way George Clooney directs this is so. It's like I'm, I'm you're laughing at some of the scenes because it's so kind of. Dripping with uh, not, melodrama, it felt, like a, it felt like a TV movie to me, and but even a bad a, TV movie. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there was some bad choices, of direction and, and editing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought the Callum Turner, who Callum Turner, who also stars in The Master of the Air, mm-hmm. is what did a decent job. He was pretty good actually, and the only thing I've seen him probably was the the other Harry Potter films, the, the Fantastic Beasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's be, he's so. he's, he's a, 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 um, a rising star right now. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I, I don't blame his performance at all. And I, I bring I bring both of these projects up because they, they all are taken around the same time, uh, but World War II, pre-World War II. And I think that that's we have gone so far from that age that it feels uh, not relatable anymore. You know, it, it feels not like... That's yeah. now our grandparents' grandparents, or it's more Iraq now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would like to see a little more modern take on these subject matters. Yeah, there are so much better movies in this time era, like like um, you know, Sea Biscuit and uh, like. Uh, but would Sea Biscuit work nowadays? Even Cinderella Man. Or you, even Cinderella Man would those movies because it takes place in a time that's uh, you we're know so far away from us. You know, uh, no, I know. Uh, I, I think the, if the movie stands out, it'll fuck, it'll bring an audience. That's what I, I kind of I kind of agree with Rich, but at the same time, you know, I think we've gotten so many like bad mm-hmm. movies, not necessarily you know World War War Two movies, but no. like you know war, like we've gotten so many mediocre like um, you know Cinderella Man, for example, that's like a boxing movie. We've gotten so many mediocre movies like um. You know, like that George Foreman movie or whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying the the movies would benefit by the buzz, but um, nowadays, so. But that's the problem. That's it's hard to kind of get that buzz because we're getting so many movies, and they're really uh, so many mediocre movies. And even if it gets the release that um, you know, Cinderella Man or whatever got. It's, it's always been like that. it's always been like this because remember Shawshank was a bomb, and it's, sure, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, but 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 bombs now I think are bigger than bombs back then, right? Well, maybe, and and the, the well, I bring this up because I think um, the one of the reasons why I really love Dream Scenario, the Nicolas Cage film, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily was a big hit, it wasn't, but it was the one of the first movies, or not one of the first movies, one of the most recent movies where it kind of deals with recent times it really feels like it's set in this world that we live in right now or at least talks about issues that we're dealing with right now and i just find myself more compelled to those stories than say something happened in 1930s uh, you know or 1940s well, it, it all depends on who's who's involved with it because yeah i mean look, just look at oppenheimer i mean it's it's uh 
once Christopher Nolan's on the on the title card, right? That's true. People yeah, go see. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a that's a yes. Yeah, that's a great point because everyone did go see the Oppenheimer, but yes. then again, then again, maybe Nolan was tapping into something that people were relating to Oppenheimer to some of the kind of the people in now you know in power now you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen Oppenheimer though. <laughs> I gotta, we gotta, we gotta watch it before the Oscars. We gotta see a bunch of movies. <laughs> right. uh, let's get into some of the news items that came out. You know, we, this is a news item that we didn't uh, tackle last week, but it came out last week. It's Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, his uh, new, his best-selling memoir, Scar Tissue, was optioned by Universal Pictures. You know, speaking of Oppenheimer. Um, so this is going to be a story that takes a look at his life as a young man with uh, dealing with his unconventional relationship with his father. It's going to be set against the backdrop of the 1970s and 80s LA, LA punk scene. I'm not sure if it's going to go into the, the, the creation or his involvement with uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. It might, oh. but I think it's, well, I don't know. It's it's produced by Brian Glazer through their Image um, or Imagine, Imagine. Or rather, Imagine Entertainment. And so who who knows if it's going to really deal with the Red Hot Chili Peppers or is it just going to deal with his uh, young life? But if they do do a, a, a Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, biopic, who would be the perfect Anthony Kiedis? Oh, so there's only one person, right? Shia LaBeouf. Austin Butler? <laughs> no, I, the, Justin Long, right? <laughs> <laughs> Justin Long. I mean, Justin Long has been trying to promote it. Uh, you know, he's, he's oh. he uh, he made a fun uh, uh, post on Instagram about how this looks like an interesting project for him to get involved with. I don't know if he was making a if he was being serious or he's just joking well, around. It he like should have he, he should have had something by by now after Barbarian. So I mean, well, he has moved on to uh, you talking about J- Justin Long? Yeah, he has moved he on to a uh, horror stuff. You know, he was in a, a wonderful knife movie. <laughs> so oh. I think he, he has, uh, and he was also in the go. Uh, yeah, he uh, needs a better agent. <laughs> no, but he recently was in the Goosebumps TV series on Disney. Was it Disney? I don't know. Or was it Netflix? I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, he is moving into horror or he's going back to the horror uh, genre mm. um, because of Barbarians, the success of Barbarians. But um, And supposedly, you know, uh, Tusk 2. Is he? Is he really? Well, he's you know like he's been good friends with Kevin Smith, and so he's ride or die type of guy. <laughs> uh, well, what, did you want to see a kind of an Anthony Kiedis uh, biopic like this? Uh, you know, not if it doesn't involve the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, I yeah, mean, I mean, I would want I would want to see you know the Chili Peppers like you know the beginnings of it, but. Mm-hmm. I know he drew. Uh, he grew up a Hollywood kid, but still, I mean, uh, I think we haven't really seen the quintessential '80s or '70s '80s punk LA punk scene. You know, like kind of that. What was those documentaries? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh fuck! What was those documentaries? Those are great documentaries from. Uh, what's a Penelope Spears? Oh, oh yeah. Um, I know what you're talking about. Well, whatever the case, I mean, because that is a you know the the you know in L.A. in the eighties, late seventies, it was a shithole, and you know the home, you know, and maybe this could relate to nowadays because L.A. now is a shithole, <laughs> and the homeless, you know, kid, the teen homeless was you know on the rise, and 
It was uh, the, the the decline in Western civilization. Yes. So those are great. There was, I think there's two documentaries, right? So three. three documentaries. So there, those are great documentaries about that punk scene. And I haven't really seen that scene in tele or in feature film form or even television form. Uh, so that would be interesting to see if the, I mean, who knows if Anthony Kiedis was you know really in part of that scene? I don't know. I, I don't really know much about his his history, but. Um, I would love to see that in a movie. Hmm. All right, let's get to the next one. Let's get to the next item. Let's talk about Doug Lyman because this is interesting. Because you know, we also we're talking about trailers uh, just just moments ago. Uh, they released a trailer for Roadhouse. This is the updated uh, modern day take on the classic Patrick Swayze's uh, yeah. '80s film. Uh, so Doug Lyman is the director, and it's it, that movie stars the news. This new movie stars Jake Gyllenhaal, and the trailer came out. And it looks fantastic, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a good cut trailer. It's, it looks good. It looks good. I like the you know when I first heard that Jake Gyllenhaal is doing this, I'm going, this looks this is a terrible idea. Why why? And now I know why. It's they're they're really just doing a kind of a U, UFC version of Roadhouse. Uh, director Doug Lyman is really pissed off because Amazon, who is distributing the the, the movie, has decided to uh, negate the theatrical release and just push it into uh, VOD, push it on Prime Video. And Lyman's going to protest by not showing up at the premiere at the upcoming uh, Southwest, was it South? Was South it? by Southwest. South by, by Southwest uh, premiere, the world premiere. So what's your thoughts on the trailer and what's your thoughts on, on Doug Lyman being pissed off? Well, I thought the uh, trailer actually looked really good and a lot better than I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. uh, because uh, I, I really didn't think the Roadhouse could be re- redone. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, they did did, did get a good spin on it. Um, it looked like good. Jessica the trailer Will- looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. I like everyone involved. Jessica Williams, who was just off the uh, great the great series on Shrinking on Apple Plus. Yeah, man. And uh, um, I don't know about Conor McGregor, but <laughs> he looks like uh, a madman. Yeah, he is a madman. And uh, Daniela Melkor um, from Suicide Squad. I mean, mm-hmm. that's good too. Well, I mean, look um, the the Roadhouse. This Roadhouse movie it definitely doesn't seem like it's. Um, keeping with the the original right i, I you know they're, they're, they say certain lines in the, in the trailer that you know it's a nod to the original but it looks like its own movie it's just kind of using that uh the the original film as a jumping point or whatever or just to tell their the story premise. I mean, yeah and, uh, i mean he's a he's a bouncer and he's he's yeah. you know he's he has a rowdy a rowdy bar right yeah and then there's, there's some drug element into it and you know, crime lords and stuff. That's all cool. And if you're a fan of the beekeeper, which is like what we're saying, it's making <laughs> money. I think the same group or same audience would want to see Roadhouse. So I don't know, Raymond. What's your thoughts on on this going to to directly to Amazon Prime? I, I guess it feels right to me. I, I I don't I don't I don't think the movie look I don't think the movie looks good. Oh oh. So yeah, I mean, to me, it feels like yeah, dump it. I don't I don't think it would would have done that well in theaters but people seem to be people seem to be liking it so i mean you guys like it too so maybe it would do well in theaters so but i just i i don't i don't think i don't think it looks good <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i'm disappointed that it's uh 
Well, you know, not really, but I'm I'm pretty sure it does deserve a, um, a theatrical release. But it being Amazon Prime, I know they got their ass beat with Air. Mm-hmm. I mean, releasing Air, and that was a huge movie for them. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, so uh, they're they didn't uh, they felt like uh, why 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 bother with it? Well, they I know they needed a bigger a big hit movie for um subscriptions. I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. For just to put more Amazon Prime in the in the mix because none of their shows. I mean, Reacher. I mean, is the biggest show right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's it basically. They right? want to be in the top ten or whatever uh, in the in the stats, and nothing's putting them in in there. I mean, uh, I don't know what their biggest show on Prime is uh, before Reachers, but um, I think Jack Ryan did well for him. But still, they need more. Uh, they need more attention with Amazon Prime, and and them going the ad way. Uh, just recently, they're just putting ads on their on the shows. Mm-hmm. That's going to hurt them too, little by little. So, so they need some good news. They need something nice right. to, to you know some to to uh, spruce things up. Uh, and this and that uh, other film, um, what was it? The comedy with the oh R- Ricky Stenicky or Ricky Stenicky, yeah, with John Cena. Uh, so yeah, I mean that one was def- that one I I believe was. Uh, Supposed to be a directed video, and that one shows it even more. So Ricky Stanicki had this the trailer released, and actually mm-hmm. Raimi brought this up in the last episode about how he was offered to see a sneak a screening of it, and he was shocked that oh. Peter Fairley. This was a kind of a a long gestating project for Peter Fairley, and now he I guess he got the chance to direct it with John Cena in the lead and and Zach Efron. Um. Raymond. Yeah, which blows me away because, like, when I read about this movie, it was like supposed to be Jim Carrey. Yeah, because that's and how far it, the the project uh, went back. Um, yeah, and now it's a, a Zac Efron and John Cena vehicle. Yeah, and strange. This, you could tell it was filmed a long time ago because uh, Zac Efron looks like he's you know normal uh, size back then. It, yeah. it probably was right after his beer run uh, movie. Not probably even before. You think so? no? But I'm the trailer wasn't too the trailer wasn't too promising, you know. Um, no, but it, but what but the most unpromising thing about it is just like the premise, really. I mean, it's like this has been a script that's been cooking around, you know, kicking yeah. around for a decade. Yeah, I know it's it's weird, and it's it's funny because John Cena looks like he already did this with 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 the same performance with with uh, um, vacation friends. The vacation friends is almost exactly the same idea. Like he's a this obnoxious dude that you, but he, everyone likes him. And mm-hmm. vacation but, friends probably got this greenlit. Maybe, maybe, but this is also a Amazon prime original and it's coming, going to be coming out in March. But uh, you know, to me, I mean, I don't know, you watch this trailer and you compare that to roadhouse and I'm saying this is night and day. Ricky Stenicki looks like a, a video video on demand or Amazon prime original, where Roadhouse looks like actually a really good theatrical. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be a huge blockbuster, but it looks like a theatrical movie. I don't know. That's what my well, my uh, impression. Well, well I know all, all studios are hesitant to put out comedies in any situation. So I mean, that's why I'm demand because mm-hmm. this is just like a, a regular comedy. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But who knows? Maybe maybe a movie like Ricky Stenicky would do good in theaters because I mean, everyone loved Vacation Friends, right? That was a surprise yeah. hit for Hulu. Um, I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell, like, because I, I really think, you know, part of the thing is, you know, people are just, 
uh, people just are, are don't want to don't want to see a certain type of movie in theaters anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of those movies, um, like a you know, Private Vacation, Friends, and Ricky Stinicky, you know, people still want to see them, but not in theaters. And um, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, you got to have some kind of um, uh, a, a different situation to uh, a comedy nowadays. I mean, let's look at a uh, uh, Barbie. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's talk about some other items that has recently come out. Let's talk about uh, Supergirl. So Supergirl has been cast. Now, we we talked about in our last episode that was whittled down by three options. Uh, Millie Alcock, the girl from CODA, and the other girl. <laughs> so so Millie Alcock is the, our winner. She won, I guess she won. She is the one who has been picked by James Gunn to take on the role well, what are your thoughts? It's the one I thought it would be, right? Yeah, I think you did pick, pick Millie Alcock. And, um, I haven't even seen her act. I'm like, just, you know, she has the dark roles, right? So it has to be her. <laughs> I, I suppose she's maybe because of the popularity of House of the Dragons, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that she is probably the most well-known out of the, the first three. And, and apparently uh, the CODA actress... I can't remember her name. Emily. I can't remember. But anyway, apparently she didn't even uh, wanted to test for the role. So she was kind of uh, completely out of the, the running. Well, they're, they're already committing for a Supergirl spinoff or whatever, a single movie. So this is right. Uh, right. She's going to use for her career. She's going to have a small appearance in the new Superman movie, mm-hmm. Superman Legacy. And then she's going to uh, be established and then go off and do her solo movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fine. I mean, she's she was really good in... House of the Dragon, so that that's great. Well, I know James Gunn uh, tweeted out saying that uh, she did a spectacular job in her in her, uh, and and you got to see it in her in her uh, test, mm-hmm. her screen test. So, I would say this: she has a mean stink eye. <laughs> <laughs> that's a given. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe Supergirl needs that in this new movie or and or this new portrayal of her her character. <laughs> Uh, well, let's jump into Marvel because Marvel has some casting news about Thunderbolts. So, uh, Lewis Pullman, who is the son of Bill, is it Bill Pullman? Yeah, Bill Pullman, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the son of Bill Pullman, Lewis Pullman, who's been in a ton of things recently, uh, he has joined the cast of Thunderbolts. He's going to be replacing Stephen Yoon, who left the project a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Thunderbolts looks like it's coming up, it's, com- it's going, it's not. Uh, there's not they're not stalling. It seems like they're 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 picking up steam as they move forward. Uh, there was other casting news about Geraldine with Sawana Nathan. She's the actress from um, oh what was she's from Blockers. Oh okay. She has replaced oh, yeah. Ayo Ibiri from The Bear because apparently she has left the Thunderbolts too. So she got replaced by. Geraldine Viswanathan, Viswanathan, whatever her name is. Viswanathan. Okay. Okay, I go with that. You know, this movie is now picking up two two actors in the cast. Well, what's your thoughts? I don't know, man. I think people are just, you know, realizing that Marvel's dead. <laughs> They're just, like, jumping while they can. You, think these, you mean the other actors who left the project? You think that's what the problem yeah. is? Yeah, that, and the that, other actors are like, you know, screw it. This is a paycheck and it's a fun experience. Let's do it. Well, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because like I think when Dakota uh, 
Johnson signed up for uh, Madam Web. I think she thought, well, I'm going to do this comic book movie. I'm going to do this Marvel movie. And it's, you know, it's a sure win. Now the Marvels came out and, you know, or, or, you know, all these other movies came out that did terribly. And now actors are thinking, well, actually, this might hurt my career than help my career. I better get the fuck out of here and not commit to something that I don't want to be really involved with. Let me just get out now. And I think maybe that's what happened with Stephen Yoon and then and, and Ayo Irabiri from The Bear, who, uh, who's terrific in The Bear. Uh, and, but although I'm not a fan of the bo- of bottoms, <laughs> but she's good in the in that <laughs> guy comedy. She's funny. I think she's funny. <laughs> so maybe she has uh, the you know right of mind to say I'm going to just bail out. I don't want to be criticized. I don't. I don't need this in my life right now. <laughs> you know. Well, you know she's she's gotten nothing but praise so far, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah awards. Gonna... You know, why associate yourself with the next Marvels? But I think Stephen Yoon actually really did have scheduling conflicts. Yeah. And, you know, and the funny thing is, like, you know, the the products that they put out, like, you know, these movies like like Thor, <laughs> Love and Thunder, and, you know, uh, the Marvels, they're, they're not good. Mm-hmm. They're not good, but they're just, like, very mediocre, you know what I mean? Like, they're not, like, they're not the worst comic book movies I've ever seen, mm-hmm. but it's just so much, you know, mediocrity like one after another it just feels like they've completely stopped caring and they're just like relying on like you know the most you know everything that's that's basically worked in the past and just running it completely to the ground Mm -hmm. and making it i like to the point that like even i don't don't even know if there's anything special about like rewatching like the some of the original like phase one marvel movies and stuff like i don't like these they've they've run to the ground, you know, all these things they, they, they did in those original movies so much that even those movies don't feel special to me mm-hmm. anymore. And it's like they they just killed the genre, really. Well, working on any Marvel film as a director, I mean, you got to be um, – once you sign on, you got to know that this work at Marvel is either a make or break your career. I mean, and I mean, yeah. so look at Madam Web, S.J. Clarkson. This is looking like a, a break. <laughs> so but um hopefully not she hopefully should have hopefully it's better than it looks it's probably not but she should have known better than to team up with um uh, amy pascal i don't think she's involved yeah yeah i don't it, see her it, name in the, in the in the poster amy pascal i mean i know initially yeah, really? she was, i think she was dropped up for this but i i i, I know she was a part of it and she, uh so i don't know i don't see her name she conceived it <laughs> yeah I know she had the rights to all that stuff, but I don't know. Yeah. I think she when she left Sony. I mean, that was, that no, no, no. I think because she, she did was a producer on the on the original, you know, those recent Spider Man movies. But I don't know. Oh yeah, I don't know how yeah, that works because I, I don't I see her name the, on the on the poster. So I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Let's get to Michael Jackson biopic because they're they're also got some casting news here. Uh, the the parents uh, of Michael ha- has been cast. Uh, Nia Long has been cast as Catherine Jackson. She is the matriarch of Jackson family. And also Coleman Domingo is going to play mm. Joe Jackson, the controversial patriarch of the of the Jackson family. Uh, Coleman just is sub- celebrating his uh, Oscar nomination for, for Rustin. So, you know, Michael Jackson biopic. This is actually getting some traction. Uh, Antoine Fuqua is directing it. Yeah, that's good casting. I mean... Coleman Domingo, of course. I mean, he's a huge name right now. So, 
and uh, Nia Long. Um, uh, hopefully, it's it's a better movie than uh, you people. How much do you do you think that uh, the parents going to be playing in this biopic about Michael Jackson? I mean, I mean, obviously I mean, Joe Jackson is going to be a big part because you know Michael had a horrible relationship with his father, but is Catherine is his mother going to be that big? I mean, I don't know. Maybe these are just. I don't know. I don't know. What's your thoughts on 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 the characters? I, I think I, I think they're going to be uh, you know a big part of the movie for at least you know the, the first be- act in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah f- for at least that. So I mean, I mean that's that's all you really need. I, I mean, if the movie's good and their their performances are you know award worth award worthy, they'll get the they'll get the buzz. But I don't think this is going to be a good movie. Um, and I don't even think it's because they're going to be ignoring the the controversy. I think it's smart that they avoid the controversy. They shouldn't even get near that part of his lifetime at all. Um, I just I just think you know this is going to be like a bohemian rhapsody type of movie, and I I don't know. Do you think this movie ends with the thriller, the the the, thr- the release of Thriller? Maybe. And doesn't yeah, get doesn't it, get too it, bad, it, you know. I don't and know how old this Jafar Jackson is, so um, I mean he, he's got to be young. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. Uh, but then again, Michael Jackson died um, pretty young, and he obviously had a lot of makeup. And so, uh, Rich, is this movie going to beat the great miniseries Jackson's American <laughs> Dream on ABC? It better, it better. <laughs> Where yeah. they had the great uh, uh, Angela think, Bassett, Angela Bassett playing the mother, and. Um, Oh, the father, Washington from uh, Washington. <laughs> from from uh, um, Welcome Back, yeah. Carter. Welcome Back, Carter. Playing yeah. the father. Well, honestly, I think at best it's going to be as good as a. You saw the, you saw that miniseries? Yeah, like way back in the day. But mm-hmm. I mean, like I I really think at at best it's going to be like you know very a, similar a condensed a condensed version of that with a bigger budget. Well, I I, I have more faith in the writer than Antoine Fuqua nowadays. So uh, John, who's the writer? Uh, John Logan. So oh. So from what I hear, this movie is going to be a, a, a big production, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if they rent out the sphere and use <laughs> and, and use the uh, for a crowd and stuff like that. So uh, or something like that because they need they need to um, when, he, when he performs they need to you know yeah. they need to do that uh that same magic they had in the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. What's Rich? What's your thoughts on, on Michael Jackson? You know, even with the controversy that surrounds him, and then, you know, obviously we can't know for sure what happened. Well, obviously, since this 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 movie is backed up by the Jackson family, mm-hmm. they aren't going to go into the. They aren't going. No, go I, into I know, I, I know that. But I mean, what's your personal feelings about Michael Jackson? Oh, he was a freak. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, as far as, uh, um, but uh, as far as music goes, uh, he was an absolute genius uh-huh. and, uh, and talented. whatsoever. Oh, Totally whatsoever. So, so what but, you're trying to say is that he he was you know he he was Kanye West. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, but um, he was he was the king of pop. I mean, he he, yeah. he, he took he was the '80s. He yeah, it's, the it's so hard 80s. to 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 kind of separate his personal life and whatever he did in in in, the, in that you know his his thing with who he was as a a, a singer. I just recently, like maybe what, last year or maybe, I don't know, two years ago, I saw that that documentary, the musical documentary, This Is It? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It was basically just B footage of him just uh, putting up this, uh, you know, uh, 
Oh, the one that came out after his death. Yes, it, it, the one that where he is it, basically B footage. It's yeah, basically that movie sucks. <laughs> it's no the movie, but it shows him how how of a hard worker he was. Yes, that's uh, I, well, I, I saw I saw it in three D. That was a shitty experience. Yeah, in 3D. I don't know why they really. That's well, they just got your money. That's what happened. Yeah, basically. <laughs> But I saw this movie recently, like in a couple of years, a couple of years ago, and I I go, oh, this is a pretty decent look at how Michael approached singing and also live performing, uh, and he's such a focused guy. You, it's a really kind of a, a, a weird um, look into look at his process, really. You know, it's a, I thought that was all fascinating. Now, if I would have sat in the theaters with 3D glasses, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, this is stupid. Why am I watching this? Yeah, I thought it was supposed to be like a 3D concert. Well, the, I think originally the, the, the idea was that the concert would be in 3D because, but they need to recoup that money because he passed away, uh, you know, overdosed or whatever. That makes more sense because it, <laughs> it really was just like a behind the scenes, like kind yeah. of like look at what's going on. But seeing him yeah. just like work and, and using the, his process, it just it's fascinating. Uh, me and Rich just saw a Netflix documentary, "The Greatest Night in Pop," which is just was just released this this past mm-hmm. week, and it's about the making of "We Are the World." And you see Michael Jackson in the studio singing a cappella, you know, or at least maybe, maybe we don't hear. I mean, he's hearing the music in his, his in his microphone or his his headphones, but. We hear him singing in acapella, and you go, "Fuck, this guy is a genius, a once in a lifetime uh, singer." You know, mm-hmm. uh, one one in a generation singer. Also, oh, what you're trying to say is that he he was like the original Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> we did, I did. They did con him uh, using the uh, some uh, uh, anti-Semitic remarks. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't no. tell if you're joking. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. He, was, no. he was like the typical Michael, like shy. Oh, okay. And, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. But no, no. To hear him sing, it's really it's something to watch. You know. I don't know what this movie is going to be. I don't know if his biopic is going to be any good. I think the the documentary, The Greatest Night in Pop, was pretty decent. I, I liked it. Uh, Rich, what was your thoughts on just watching the behind-the-scenes footage of Michael singing We Are the World in that documentary? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it, it was cool. I mean, it was cool to see that, that, that footage. But uh, the documentary itself, I thought it was a little long. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but yeah, it was it was a good it was a good documentary. The, yeah, the greatest night in pop. It, it, if you have like some kind of association, or you grew up with the song "We Are the World," it's probably more suited for you. I don't yeah. think anyone other you know uh, under thirty will, will even care about the documentary because no, they won't even recognize. Yeah, "We Are the World" is actually not a great song, but just watching the documentary and watching them perform it, it's like oh, it made me realize maybe it was a little bit better than I thought. Um, I th- <laughs> the best part of that documentary is to see Bob Dylan out of his element, <laughs> fucking nervous as shit. Oh yeah, yeah un- un- you know, and unable to sing. And like, there was a great moment here. He's like, uh, "Can you get Stevie Wonder to help me out?" You know, and then <laughs> yeah. Stevie Wonder basically helps him out. You know, tells him how to sing the song. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's that's that's crazy how all these big name stars and. No matter how successful you are, this is why I like the documentary. It shows how, no matter how successful you are, that it all goes back to high school. <laughs> it's all about yeah, yeah. like prom, you know, or, or Sadie Hawkins' other, dance. 
and the other the other amazing thing that was it was that um that that came out of that documentary was the stamina of Lionel Richie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he he that th- throughout that twenty four hours at least, mm-hmm. or maybe more, he was probably up because um, he was hosting the uh, the American they did music it on the night of the uh, the American, American movie music awards. Yeah, and he was hosting it, so he was up early and hosting, and then yeah. come back and like really uh, taking charge of of the recording of, and it went we in the morning hours, you know, yeah, so yeah. It's, you know, again, you have to love 80s music and 80s pop stars to really, really appreciate the documentary. But uh, I, I I liked it. Well, let me ask you guys really quick, because, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about, you know, music documentaries. Did you guys watch, because um, I got the big re-release this year, did you guys watch the Talking Heads documentary recently? Or rewatch? I, I rewatched it, yeah. I rewatched it. I oh, didn't okay. see the, the new re- restoration 4K version, but I, I rewatched the old version, yeah. Well, let me let's let's kind of talk about it in in the way because okay. like you know I, I, I this isn't necessarily a, an '80s music a music concert, but it was a, a '90s one. But I recently rewatched the um, the Nirvana live at the Paramount, I think it was, mm-hmm. and um, I was rewatching it. And, you know, it's a great transfer on on the Blu-ray, but you know, concert docu- concert recordings back then were just so boring (laughs) (laughs) like you watch a a concert you know you know from you know five years ago or 10 years ago it's like it looked it looks it looks great it almost looks like you're you're kind of there but you know because of the cameras that you know were being used for you know all these old kind of concert you know recordings it just it just looks so lifeless but i remember you telling me before that the um the talking heads one because it was directed by uh I, f- I forget the director's name. Um, Jonathan Demi. It's a and yeah, it's a stop making sense. Uh, and it was I think it, it was it the 40th anniversary. That's why it was released um, just a couple of months ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wanted to see like how 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 you think that kind of or talks or just talk about like how you guys think that kind of compares to um, other music documentaries from that time and why that one has <laughs> this kind of lasting well, lasting I mean, um, legacy, I guess. Stop making sense. Which is the nineteen? It's a nineteen eighty four concert film. It's considered one of the best concert films of all time. It and, and it lives in the shadow, or it lives in the in the aftermath of what Scorsese did with the Last Waltz, which also was a considered uh, one of the best concert films. I think at that time in the late seventies and early eighties, those movies or those concerts were shot on film. And also, you know, it's coming in in the shadow of. Um, Woodstock documentary, those were all shot in. How film. was that shot? Oh, okay. All film, and 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 so, and it's also you had some other great kind of uh, the, you know, Rolling Stones had a great documentary. Give me, give me shelter in the seventies, I believe. All those yeah. were shot in film, and, the, and so they really have a cinematic take on on trying to present mu- live music performance. You know, especially to stop making sense had like really great. In shirt shots, close-ups, you know, they're really thought in a cinematic, cinematic way. I think concert films in the 90s, as we get more into the music videos, it's about just shooting them live, not really giving a shit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> using video, you know, and and when you use video, especially in the 90s, you know, people say that TV shows in the 90s are, are hard to transfer in, in digital, you know, in 4K because the, the quality of video was so bad. And I think that's what happens in the '90s concert. I think that's you know it, it was really the decline of the concert film and really 
more, you know, the, the popularity of, like, say, Unplug, MTV's Unplug was, you know, more mm. popular than actually mm. a concert movie. But I don't know. Rich, what's your yeah. thoughts on, on concert films? Um, uh, Did you I'm like Stop Making poor. Sense? I mean, I don't remember even if I saw it. I think I saw the other one, the uh, the Spike Lee one. Oh, did you? You saw that one? That was good, too. Yeah. yeah. Which but one? The Spike Lee one with David Byrne, which came out a couple years ago on, I think it was a Max original. Um, I forget what it was called, but it it was great. That, that was great. That was a great one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I saw that one. So I was going, that's ah, all right. I saw <laughs> yeah, you're not into, like, a concert films and stuff like that. No, I, I, uh, I, I say edit at all because I don't <laughs> like all the film, uh, songs. <laughs> Rich is waiting for the Taylor Swift to come out on streaming. <laughs> no, no. It probably already came out. <laughs> no, I mean, I, it, I, I look forward to watching like, it's like Eagles, Hell Freezes Over or something like that and just play the songs that I like, you know, and, and that's it. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, I thought one, uh, I thought Foo Fighters, Skin and Bones was one of the best perform- uh, live performances ever. I, I, that's the one I like. Mm-hmm. So you watch the whole thing? All practically because I really enjoyed the uh, the uh, the sound to it that they had, that they had. that was that like their last tour or something like. No, that? no, no. It was just an acoustic tour that they did, and I thought oh. it was brilliant. It's funny, yeah. When you th- uh, you you mentioned Nirvana, I don't even remember we've been watching a concert film with Nirvana. Mm-hmm. But I think of Nirvana's live performances. I only think of Unplug and and right. you know some of the you know music awards. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't they didn't you know remaster the Nirvana Unplugged they for they for did. Blu-ray though. Oh, for audio. Oh, because uh, they they re- yeah they, they I think someone remastered it at home right and put it on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, but um, because because I because there is like a remastered version online, but I don't think it's like you know. An official one, right? I think it's just one that someone, someone, you know. No, I think they did. Uh, really, an official one? Yeah, I think they maybe did originally aired on MTV again or whatever. Oh, okay. Music is music is changing anyway. At least concerts are. I mean, uh, because Co- um, Coachella this year is the worst co- selling Coachella tickets sales in forever in in, in a long time. time. Yeah. Well, it makes sense cuz it's I think it's the best lineup they've ever had. <laughs> so it's like if, of course though the the you know when I think the lineup is good they're like, you know, the young people are like, "Oh, this sucks." Yeah. All these people are like so 5 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> or so or worse, some are 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the art form of music videos? Yeah, I know. In the 90s it was like Whatever. the pinnacle, I would say. I mean, you had so many great Filmmakers making music videos, Spike Jones, you know, uh, David Fincher, Michelle Gondry, you know, there was really invent- inventive music video directors who went on to do a film. But, you know, in the 90s, that was the pinnacle. Or, And I guess, I don't know if that's the great the Michael Bay. <laughs> the great Michael Bay. And I still don't know if, if that's no, the case. No, it's not. It's know. not. But, I mean, like, it, it's, it's just so sad. I think part of that has to be just the death of MTV, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Because I mean, where do you where do you put music videos now? You just like put them on YouTube. YouTube, like how yeah. do you, YouTube? I mean, yeah, because music videos now are just cheap and dead and lifeless and like you know, it feels like most people they're usually just made like on an iPhone or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the last music video I saw was like the Foo Fighters Bee Gees tribute. Was it a real music video? That was not that long ago, right? That was like a decade ago. 
But was there a real music video or was some like, YouTube yeah. Uh, uh, like? Yeah, they made a couple songs at Bee Gees. Uh, oh. They made a tribute album. And, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> but the video was cool. So. <laughs> All right, so that was. Uh, I guess that's it. You you know what? Here's a. I just say this really quick because uh, you know we, we mentioned SNL 1975, which is the new oh, film yeah. from Jason Reitman. Uh, yes. Another casting news that we got: who's gonna? We got the person who's gonna play Gil, Gilda Radner, oh. Ellen Hunt or Ella Hunt, who's from uh, uh, Anna and the Apocalypse. Which actress? Ella Hunt. She's from Anna and the Apocalypse, the zombie musical, uh, Christmas musical. Was oh, it? I never watched that. Yeah, it's a cult movie. I actually recently watched it. It's an it's an okay film. It's it's a I'm not. It's not for me, really, but I thought she was okay. But for her to be cast as Gilda Radner, I thought that was not something I thought would would be her in her wheelhouse. I mean, she's a. I mean, she's a she British actress. Seem, yeah, she she doesn't seem like a comedic actress, and she doesn't look like Gilda Radner. No, so I, hopefully she doesn't. She must have been must have been a great audition. Yeah. Who was it? Ella Hunt. Ella Hunt. She doesn't necessarily look like Gilda Radner. Um, nope, not at all. She's been cast. Uh, Emily Farron, who is taking on the role of Lorraine Newman. She's one of the SNL original cast members. This is all kind which of new- act- Which actress? Emily Farron, F-A-I-R-N. Oh, okay. Uh, a, a, a newcomer who I, I'm not wow, very familiar with. seeing this Ella, Ella Hunt. There's no way she looks like Lorraine. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, my God. Yeah. Killed her. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. And also, Kim Metula is going to be playing Jane Curtin. Uh, That's on the women's side. On the men's side. Which which actress? Kim Metula, who is just, I don't think she has many credits under her belt. Uh, Or I'm I'm, I'm not familiar with Who's she playing? Uh, She's going to be playing Jane Curtin. Mm -hmm. I mean, I... I don't quite see that either, but I mean, I guess I see that more than Gilda Radner. Yeah, Gilda Radner's a no. They they gotta they gotta redo that. <laughs> so on the men's side, we got uh, Lamore Morris, who's gonna play Garrett Morris. Lamor- okay, I see that Lamore is playing yeah, Lamore Morris, and he's from My Girl, right? Yeah, and those uh, bank commercials. <laughs> yeah, and also Dylan O'Brien, he's gonna play. Chevy Chase. Oh, I oh no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? Yeah. yeah Dylan O'Brien's Bill playing? Murray or something. Dylan O'Brien's playing Dan Aykroyd. Are you sure? I think that's I think that's what it is. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah, let me double check. Um, oh, Bill Murray's not on the first season. Oh, shit. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And is Michael- he like going to gain weight? He's gonna have. He has to grow that like kind of weird mustache that Dan Aykroyd had in the beginning of uh, SNL. Uh, Corey Michael Smith, who is best known, I guess, or at least to me, he was the Riddler in Gotham. Really kind of. Oh, okay. Tall, lengthy guy. Uh, he's gonna be playing Chevy Chase. Uh yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I, mean, I see more of Dan Aykroyd, but still, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's and, a good actor. Yeah, that's not bad. And Matt Wood, which I'm not very familiar with, who who's Matt Wood is, but he's I guess maybe he's a newcomer. He's going to take on John Belushi. Uh, what's his name? Matt Wood. 
Oh, Matt. I, okay, I see him. He's a, a Broadway guy. I guess he's in SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. He does look. He he does look like him. So that's, that's your cast for SNL in 1975. Now this is directed by Jason Reitman. Remember, he's producing the new uh, 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 Ghostbusters film. What was that called? Frozen Empire. Frozen Empire. And he's also going to be wor- working with a screenplay that he co-wrote with Frozen Empire new director, Gil Kanan. And so basically the same team. The same team who has, is bringing this SNL movie is also doing the new Ghostbusters film. Should we talk a little bit quick about the, the, the trailer for uh, Frozen Kingdom? Ghostbusters Frozen Kingdom, which is a direct sequel to Reitman's uh, Afterlife. Yeah. In the trailer, we see that the original Ghostbusters are back and the new actors, the new characters. Well, the living Ghostbusters. Right. right the living are are back and the new characters as, as Spiegel's or um, uh, what's his name? Spangler. Spangler's uh, family have joined the, them and they're going to, they're back in New York and they're going to. There's a new icy ghost demon, and they're back in New York, and New York is right. being threatened by the second coming of the Ice Age. What was your thoughts on the on the trailer, Rich? I actually like the first trailer better. Mm. As far as the domestic, the domestic trailer, I'm sorry, the um, I just saw what what studios do best. Uh, you know, rehash mm-hmm. the old, you know, everything that from the from the original. Mm-hmm. Bring bring them back. Bring everybody back. Playing the hits, basically. Yeah. yeah. I like the international trailer better, but uh, I am worried about it because it's just way too much um, member berries. Now, the fact that this is the same team, does that, and if that movie is a piece of shit, I mean, what does that say to SNL 1975? I mean, did that does that mean that you lose respect or you, you, you know, you have less of enthusiasm to watch SNL 1975 if no, Ghostbusters think... was a, becomes a, turns out to be a, you know, less I think than... Ghostbusters is a much bigger mountain to climb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think SNL, no one really remembers the original cast except for us old fogies. Mm-hmm. So, um, since they'll be the, the youth, um, hope, and it's going to be more focused on the the writers or whatever the uh, Lauren Michaels or whatever, right? So it's the I don't know what it is. I mean, all those newcomers are going to be background artists, uh, background actors, I believe. Yeah. So. Uh, Raymond, what's your thoughts on the trailer? I mean, you've been a huge Ghostbusters fan. You you love or you, you liked Afterlife? Um, I, I actually really, really liked Afterlife. Okay. And I, I really like the, the Ghostbusters 2. I never really thought Ghostbusters 2 was the terrible sequel a lot of people make it out to be. Mm-hmm. And I was really looking forward to this movie. I thought the first trailer um, was awesome. I probably liked it. I think I liked it more than Rich. Um, I, I really loved the, the last trailer. I was like, this is the Ghostbusters sequel that we've all been waiting for. And now that we got this trailer, I don't I don't think that way. I don't feel that anymore. Mm. Um, this trailer was kind of pretty underwhelming to me. Um, I don't know. I just think that kind of the last trailer promised a movie with a much bigger scope. Mm-hmm. And that just, I don't know. This felt more of um, just like a tra- another kind of traditional um uh, sequel requel. yeah yeah requel sequel yeah. yeah um it felt like you know i hate to say it man but it, it felt like jurassic world <laughs> so yeah all, all they're missing is bobby brown <laughs> I, I didn't the, whole wor- <laughs> the whole world is missing bobby brown <laughs> <laughs> I, 
No, but I mean, song? he was no, he was in part Brown. he was in part two. He was half he has a yeah, cameo. He, he had a little cameo. <laughs> and he did a song on the soundtrack. Yeah, it needs a little uh, Jackie Wilson, right? Jackie Wilson. <laughs> Look, I think it's it, it seems like it's 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 more directed at kids because you know, you know it has a lot of kids in this movie. There's a lot of kids in the in the in the movie. You know, characters. Uh, Maybe that's the Jurassic kind of world feeling I have. That you're getting, yeah. Um, I do... Yeah, because I don't think Ju- I don't think Jurassic World is necessarily really made for the same audience as Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's made for modern day families. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I I don't think I don't think the Jurassic World movies are like you know completely unwatchable. I I think they're 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 fun, mindless entertainment. But you know, I I think I like the Ghostbusters franchise more than the jurassic park franchise so i I was kind of hoping that this would have been a better movie because you know for me well well i i definitely agree with a lot of the criticisms of afterlife Mm -hmm. for me afterlife you know despite the criticisms and despite you know being way too familiar to the original movie in the the third act i think it had its heart in the right place Mm -hmm. and i was meld i think it was made with good intentions and i think that kind of all overcame the kind of flaws of that movie and this sequel just looks like the flaws and no good intentions no heart no you know what i'm trying to say yeah 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 it feels much more like a cash grab than the first yeah. than, the la- than afterlife was because afterlife really felt like maybe a send off of of egon the guys played egon, um Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis, much more like a a, a goodbye to Harold Ramis, or at least a, 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 yeah. a genuine try uh, saying a genuine way of trying to say goodbye to that character. Uh um and in a cynical and in a cynical way, a way of cashing in on his death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wrong. And and this trailer, this new trailer for um Frozen Empire, it just really feels like it's jam-packed with too many characters. Yeah, but I, though I will say for for myself it is pretty kind of nice to see kind of Janine suit up, but that's probably about it. <laughs> really? <laughs> Danny Pot- Potts character? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of, that was the coolest thing in the trailer for me. And how about William Adderton is back as uh, Walter Peck? Uh, yeah, that was way too much. You think that was too yeah, much? Yeah, well, it, seem, it seems like it's a recreation of the same scene <laughs> from the yeah, original he's movie. The mayor now, right? Th- yeah, well, it seems like he might be the mayor now, yeah. Yeah. But he seemed like he just did, doesn't care. Right, you know what I mean? Right. He seems so. Maybe when we see the full scene in the movie, you know, it'll be awesome. But it just seems so forced. Well, it's it's so it's so weird. So you got the the Egon's daughter and her kids, so they're back. And you got Paul um, uh, Rudd, and he's back, and they're I guess which goes, makes sense, right? Right, right. And then you also got that guy. Makes that, no sense to bring podcasts back. Yeah, podcasts. And well, the, yeah, it, brings, the other girl. it makes no sense to bring back the kids. You could excuse the children because the parents are Ghostbusters or whatever, but right. or not really the parents, but the the boyfriend and the, and the mom. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and also the but you know you got podcasts and and the other girl they're back and they're I guess yeah. they're maybe Ghostbusters as well I don't know. But well, then, that's the kid angle, right? That right. you're talking about. And then then you bring in more characters. You got Kamel Najati and Pat Patton Oswalt and a couple other people. And, and yeah, like, and, it's, and it just then, feels and it, just it, too it, crowded, right? Yeah, if you're gonna bring them in, then there's no reason to bring the children in. Like that that just makes no sense. Because I actually, you know, it, the thing is, it makes sense to bring them in because you can't just have Paul Rudd and the mom running around, right, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. You got you to gotta bring other people mm-hmm. in, but I don't know. I'm hoping that in the movie, 
uh, that the kids and the mom don't actually suit up until like the very end of the movie. And it's just more like of a, oh my God, Kumail Nanjan got killed off. <laughs> you know, we, we need, we need someone, we need help. All, all our new team, all the, all the new teammates just died. <laughs> but I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. Maybe there's some of those characters are just going to show up for a couple of scenes and that's it. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's football season. <laughs> right at the heart of the of of the playoffs mm-hmm. snoop dogg comes out with a football comedy family comedy actually a raunchy family comedy because <laughs> everyone yes. everyone is cursing even the kids are cursing it's very much like in the in the vein of uh of uh, bad bad news bears of yeah. a football a football version or compton football version of it mm-hmm. uh so it's underdogs right it's called underdogs yeah so what was your thoughts rich I, I I felt like it was a, th- a throwback to those '80s classics or whatever, like um, but, uh, and I I kind of dug it. I, sure, it was stupid. I mean, it was it was, uh, um, but I mean, they got me from the from the opening credits. I mean, the black and white thing. I mean, oh, the so, war- the warning that this is yeah, not for kids. Uh, yeah, but I, yeah, uh, I mean, but kids curse anyway. It was, yeah, they got they got my <laughs> thumbs up right after that. I thought that was creative <laughs> or whatever. So, but it, it is, it is stupid. It is, uh, um, very typical, but, um, it's just one of those, it, it's, it's, a a TV movie. I mean, it yeah, is, it is. if that's, it definitely feels like a R rated TV movie. Um, and Snoop Dogg is playing a professional football player who is now retired. He has a bad uh, reputation. He's known for being, volatile and 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 you know a you know a nasty person it's it's funny because we just saw this movie with woody harrelson <laughs> in mm-hmm. uh champions mm-hmm. so he is court ordered he gets into a, a car accident and he's court ordered to 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 do some um oh, what's it called um uh, um community community service community service yeah. yes and so that leads that leads him to coaching this peewee football team where he yeah. uh he thinks he thinks he's going to get points. A pup, uh, you know, he's going to win favor of, of the public, and then he ends up loving the kids. That's the bit. You've seen the movie. You know the movie. You know the stories. You know the beats. But this is a Snoop Dogg. Kids are cursing. Kids are, are drinking alcohol. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's what I kind of liked about the movie. Now it's not. I wouldn't say this is like a. If I have to give it a grade, I wouldn't go as far as. An A or a B, I would give this maybe a C yeah. plus, maybe. Uh, but it's enjoyable enough. It's funny. It's 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 you know it's Amazon Prime yeah. <laughs> original <laughs> film. That pretty much says it all. Uh, Raymond, I think you hated or you didn't like it as much as us, uh, me and Rich. But what was your no what was your take? Yeah, I, I I was I was a little disappointed by this movie. Um, I was mostly disappointed just because I thought it was so low effort. Mm. Um, I thought it was very low effort, just kind of in the comedy and and not just in the and the story and the filmmaking overall and just the production of it and just it kind of just all was just so much mediocrity, you know. All <laughs> yeah. just, all just kind of blended together and the, the pro but the thing is i didn't hate this movie mm-hmm. and part of the reason why i didn't hate this movie is because i know this is a movie i would have like loved when i was little because mm-hmm. i've seen a million movies like this and not just because of the plot but i mean this is basically like um an adam sandler comedy 
or a um a uh, an ice cube comedy. Yeah. In fact, it's kind of it's kind of a mixture of a Adam Sandler movie and an Ice Cube movie. It's like the Ice Cube movie, The Long Shots. It's the same plot line, mm. and and it's the like the Adam Sandler movie, like The Longest Yard, kind of combined and had a baby. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, I felt that this was so much like lazier and more kind of uncreative. And I think it's just more kind of like that. This is the age that we're living in. You know, movies are made very cheap now. Mm-hmm. Even movies that were, you know pretty basic you know back in the day like a like a longest yard or even like a, a, a billy madison you go back and rewatch those movies and it's like oh wow there was actually some craftsmanship to some of these <laughs> movies whereas whereas you watch an adam sandler movie from today like the ones that come out on netflix and it feels like they just shitted that out in like a weekend yeah. you know what i mean no effort at all into the, like the setups of the jokes into the the overall filmmaking of the movie and that's kind of what i felt with this so i was like i've seen this movie before and i've seen better versions of it the positive things I will say, Snoop Dogg's great on the movie. I mean, it's his first really leading role. And I mean, he doesn't really do much acting. It's just him, but that's that's good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Mike Epps is as great as usual. I mean, he's, a, he's, he's always funny. And I think he's, you know, pre- kind of like the comedic savior of the movie. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and, and, it's a, and, I'd say a five out of 10. And Tika Sumter, who is the love interest or the you know um, his ex girlfriend from high school, she's there. She's good. I thought she was good. I thought she was good. Yeah, and this is we should remind people this is produced by Kenya Barris, and again, you know, it's you a know, Kenya Barris movie. It feels, feels like, like it. a Kenya Barris, and then that's not yeah TV TV yeah, TV sitcom quality. It's better than you people. As this is definitely better than you people. <laughs> So there you I'd go. I'd say it's barely better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but still, it's, it's more uh, entertaining than you people. All right. That was our thoughts yeah. on Underdogs. Raymond, what what other movies did you recently uh, saw? Well, um, did you guys watch Next Gold Wins? Because I just watched that, I think, yesterday or something. Oh, no. Yeah. That's the Taika Waititi's uh, soccer film, right? No, comedy. Yeah. Uh, no. Tell, tell us about it. You liked it? Um. It was very forgettable. Is it better than Underdogs? <laughs> I I think it was better than Underdogs. Oh, <laughs> I think it was better than Underdogs, but um, very similar though. It just mm-hmm. not really. Okay, it's it's more like um, it's more like it's like like Cool Runnings or something like that. Okay, yes, yeah. It's very um, kind of a little a bit over. Over sentimentalic, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Over sentimental, yeah. Uh, over sentimental, but um, I don't know. I, I, it's a movie that kind of had its heart in the right place. It's just very low effort. Um, it it didn't really feel like a Taika Waititi movie. Like it didn't look like a Taika Waititi movie. Really, it felt more kind of like a Taika Waititi TV show almost. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm, yeah. And um. It, it it was just fine, very forgettable. I so, mean, the characters needed more developing. The characters mm-hmm. needed more life and needed more humor because most of the comedy, I mean, just felt completely flat. Mm. And it felt like there was just like a, a lot of like kind of dead kind of space, you know, between major scenes, and like not much would be happening, you know, in the movie. And yeah, it just you know, I maybe needed another edit. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
It was, it was fine though. So, it's you know, kind uh, yeah, of like a... it wasn't loved by critics. It got mixed reaction, and a lot of people pointed out that Michael Fassbender felt miscast. Did you find that true, or I mean, how... yeah, but you get you you get used to it as the movie goes on. I don't know if that's a good thing to say, mm-hmm. but I mean, it felt worse in the beginning. Uh-huh. I didn't buy the accent that he's doing. What, is he doing an American accent? I guess so. Yeah, I oh. guess. I, guess, I suppose that's what he was supposed to be doing. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't buy it. I mean, he didn't feel. He didn't really feel like a very believable character in that regard. But I mean, you get used to it as the. Well, I mean, uh, I is he? What, 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 I mean, was he even trying though? I mean, did it felt like an effort there for for Michael Fassbender? Not really. Oh, okay. Yeah, because so it's so weird because like you know he hasn't done a movie in, in many years. I think this this was completed. Well, this like, was shot years ago. Yeah, right? this was completed like a couple years ago. And when I saw him in, in when I saw Michael Fassbender in The Killer, I go, oh fuck, he's back. You know, he's he's going to have this resurgence. And then uh, the, the 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 critics, you know, the reviews of Next Gold Wins uh, came out. And I'm like, oh, maybe he won't have that resurgence because no one's watching The Killer. Uh, and next goal wins kind of was a bomb. It was, definitely was a bomb, and it's just yeah. another uh, another sign that Taika Waititi is overexposed, and maybe he should slow down a bit. Um, a bit. What do um, Rich? You tell me what 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 Michael Fassbender needs to do now after these two movies. Um, they were actually not bad. Uh, I mean. Uh, choices. Mm-hmm. It was just a bad outcome. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's pretty much a, most of his career. I mean, it, it just turns out that here, so like the snowman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, it just depends on how, what's he, what's he's offered. I mean, it's it really depends. I mean, it, it's all a gamble, and he's losing. Yeah, and he's such a good actor. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it could be. Should he? really work should he really beg marvel to come back as a magneto <laughs> I, I believe so and he better be in deadpool yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he will be the thing is though i mean he's a great actor and i don't think he's like gonna completely disappear i think he'll continue to get roles mm-hmm. um i think he's been gone kind of long enough for for there to be a comeback mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll, we just, we just gotta, we just gotta wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's kind well, of I... in a, um, he's, he's kind of in a, um, we were just talking about her recently. He's kind of like in a Hillary Swank stage. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he, I mean, he's, yeah, he's in the, um, he's in the, uh, uh, calling card for TV, TV, uh, miniseries. T- yeah. Uh, and like a TV offers like a him. really good FX series uh, something yeah. yeah he's reached it, that it, point it's funny because like I I really love The Killer the the David Fincher film last year on Netflix it it, it you know unfortunately it didn't really piqued anyone in, interest because not a lot of people saw it I guess it, I saw it maybe placed in a couple of people's top 10 lists but very few it went under the radar hopefully the people could still like find that movie and, and you know hopefully it's not get lost because uh, i think his performance in that is, is terrific and it reminds me of his performance in uh prometheus because it's almost a robotic type mm-hmm. um you know he's a you know contract killer in that one but i mean you know he's trying to 
conceal his emotions and stuff. I thought I thought it was a really great performance from him. And the killer, it was only him. Yeah. Yeah. It was only him. I mean, it might as well be like a one person movie and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it was like yeah. So uh Yeah, he's on the screen the whole much. entire time. Right, right, right. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh next goal wins. Uh, I guess I, I won't be seeing that <laughs> or anytime soon. I, or I won't rush to see that. Because it's okay movie. It's not that's not great. It's it's okay. Um what else you've been watching, Raymond? Um I'm trying to think of the recent ones. Oh, Man, unfortunately, uh, I watched um, Tom DeLonge's movie, <laughs> Mon- Monsters of California. And, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be good, but I, I hate I hate to say that I, I truly think it's and prob- it has to be the worst movie of 2023. Wow. And, and I think, like, when the movie is at its best is when it's the most cliched, like, th- generic thing we've seen a million times. But that's the movie at its best because it's like, wow, at least it's not complete ass. <laughs> and this is uh, Tom DeLonge's uh, directorial debut. And uh, he's from... Hopefully Ble- his last. <laughs> he's from Bleak 182. He also is a known UFO, UFO you know, expert or, or fanatic. Fanatic. Or <laughs> yeah. cons- he, uh, UFO conspiracy or conspiracist. Uh, he has really dedicated a lot of his life on that on 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 UFOs, and it's a good time for him to. And th- th- this movie is about UFOs or aliens or something, um, and it's a good time for it because UFOs are in the in news right now, and and he's part of that community. Uh, and you're actually was you're psyched to see the movie. You're you're a fan of his 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 work, but this sounds like it's not great. Yeah, but I also like you know. To be fair, I, I I was never expecting this movie to be great. I just wasn't expecting this movie to be this bad. Yeah, like I thought there like was at least going to be like amateur. Yeah, well, it's not even just that. But I thought that at the very least there was going to at least be like this uh, uh, some amateur charm to the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there was going to be like a lot of you know, I don't know, good intentions. And maybe there were, but I mean, for for me, the the movie was just so kind of detestable i i really hated the characters like i i every time they open their mouths i just wanted to die <laughs> <laughs> no is it aliens or is it other creatures or, or... it's like it's kind of, I, I i guess like who cares really <laughs> kind of monster creatures it's never really explained that well it, it's just stupid <laughs> It's just very, very stupid, and I, again, the movie was at its best when it was like just doing the most kind of cliche things yeah. possible, because that's when the movie was like, at, well, at least it's like you know not being completely annoying, because most of the time it was it just felt like you know kind of like frat bro like <laughs> running around like dick jokes and stuff like that, Uh-oh. and uh, I was just so blown away by it because like. I knew there was going to be some of that in the movie. It was obvious that that that's kind of like the lead characters were. I just didn't realize that that was literally going to be the whole movie. It really is just like a a, a kind of like dick joke kind of stoner buddy comedy. Mm. And they just, there happens to be monsters in it. And I felt, I feel so bad because like it's so, you could feel it throughout the movie, but like there are these scenes and you could tell Tom DeLonge's like pouring his heart into this scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so it, it's not even, it doesn't even work as a horror. It doesn't even work as like kind of a conspiracy thr- thriller. It just kind of works okay, as like I, a I dropped, slacker. I'm back. Oh, does it, does it, the movie work as a horror at all or, or a conspiracy thriller? Or is this just like kind of a bad uh, snow, I think, stoner comedy I think, or a stoner I think, drama? I think it's complete. I think it's completely trying to do all of those things. Oh, it's too But many. it comes off like a stoner comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and all these, like, I, again, these scenes where I say like that Tom DeLonge is like, pouring his heart out the lead character in the film he sucks so much and the actor's so so terrible mm-hmm. and he's so annoying every time he opens his mouth but uh, <laughs> but you can tell like tom DeLong poured his heart into it because like you could tell they it's supposed to be him basically mm-hmm. and they're like there's this scene like between him and his parents where like he, he or he's fighting with his mom and you could tell that it's like it's tom DeLong essentially and the stuff that he's complaining to his mom about, I'm like, dude, this is like so petty, like rich kid. Like, I'm on your mom's side, actually. Like, this is like this is so dumb. And it just felt bad because it's like Tom DeLonge's like an old man now, and it's like, why, why is he making this movie? Like, was he just trying to tap into like his like what he thought like when he was a child or when he was a kid, like a teenager? Because if you hear his music now, I know it's still immature, but it sounds like he kind of grew out of this, and I don't. I don't know why this kind of movie, again, like you were mentioning, like sci-fi and aliens, like it's a very kind of important to him. And he is kind of part of this kind of whole UFO kind of revelation that's been going on. And you would think that he would at least have something that had just, I don't know, just a bit more creativity to it. And this is just the, the laziest, dumbest, is basically a Polly Shore movie. <laughs> this is awful. And like, I, I thought Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was going to be the worst movie of the year, but no, I mean, this, it, it, I would just, I would be untrue to myself if I, if I put this movie, you know, in front of it. This, this, this was trash. All right. There you, ha- there you have it. Uh, Monsters of California. Is that what it's called? Though, uh, yeah. Monsters of California. Though I will say that I, I do think that, you know, Blink-182's last album is easily best thing they've done since like 2003 or whatever <laughs> so you know I, I i'll say you know while i'm trashing this out movie and i don't think anybody should watch it even even their biggest fans you know they're, they're at least still doing something right <laughs> all right don't go out and try to seek this movie it's trash i guess that's it for this episode of inside flicks and we'll be back next week with more news more uh things we have seen And we'll talk about whatever comes into our minds. Thank you, everyone. All right. Bye-bye, everyone.